I've only had natural caffeine this morning. Just, What's that mean? Just my son screaming. That's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Uh, it's a weird thing every night going to bed knowing that there's a really high percentage <laughs> chance that the next thing you're going to hear being woken up to is screaming. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, welcome to another episode of the Morning After podcast. Uh, Pastor Josh here with you, as always, with Pastor Jim. How's Good it going? morning, Freedom Center, yes. and all those people out there in Radio Land. And uh, for the first time, JD Weekend. JD, how are you yep. doing? We got the uh, we got the Trinity right here. All three weekends. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Do you think they'll be able to tell the difference that. between your voice and my voice? Yeah, uh, I, probably this morning they will. I'm wearing <laughs> headphones right now, and I can and you can tell I can okay, tell the difference right. between the two of you. So something I don't know if you guys know this or not, uh, the listeners, but we normally record this podcast Monday around 9 a.m. Um, been a crazy couple of weeks, so we actually had Monday off. Decided not to record the podcast. So instead, we're here. It's Tuesday morning. It's 7 a.m. It's a lot <laughs> earlier than we're normally here. Mm-hmm. If we sound tired, we're trying to not sound ty- tired, but if for some reason we do sound tired. It's 7 uh, o'clock. You guys have been up for two hours already. Oh, I have. I have. Yeah, I'm yeah. still tired. Um, <laughs> just weeping and gnashing of gums. I just see <laughs> two hours ago. What are you talking about being <laughs> yeah. awake two hours ago? Yeah. So... Uh, First, before we get started, it's the first day of school today. Yeah, for, I noticed all the traffic school, and yeah. crazy people. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to. Um, I don't. I feel like as a high school student or any student really, you're kind of bummed when school starts yeah. again. As an adult, I feel like I'm kind of everything's gonna kind of go back to normal. Like the right. summer is a rhythm. Schedule is kind of erratic. It feels like once fall starts, there's uh, a rhythm. Like yeah, like, yeah. like you're saying, yeah. it's football season. Um, yeah. So I just I welcome fall a lot more than I used to when I was mm-hmm. a kid or even a college student. Uh, summer was such a precious time, and now it's just kind of like I'm waiting for summer to be over so that we can get started <laughs> with fall and get closer to Christmas. I'm looking at the forecast. We never had a pool before, and it's like, okay, yeah. when do I close the pool? And we have a right. birthday party. Like, for, yeah, November first for, for Pastor Carl's son. You know, yeah, it, it, right. Uh, so it's like I think after that, it's, it's, the highs are in the 70s. Like three weeks from now, getting into September, yeah. the highs are like 72. The lows in the 50s is like I'm not paying to keep the ice off that thing. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Or the, so <laughs> well, I'm coming to live with it. you for a couple of weeks, so maybe you should keep it up <laughs> wait, until we wait until we close on the house. All right. Well, anyways. Uh, so this this is the last week we're going to be playing the God's Plan intro music because it's the end of a, a summer mm-hmm. series. This is 12 weeks uh, leading up to this last week and uh, the book of Revelation on yeah. Sunday. Um, you had a half an hour to explain yeah. the whole the whole book. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, obviously it wasn't enough time, but do you think you were able to kind of properly explain the book of Revelation in no. that 30 minutes? No, I, I think I think the whole purpose, you know, like here's the law in 30 minutes, here's all the prophets in 30 minutes, here's, it's just, I think that when we first went into it, it's like people just don't feel like they can even approach the Bible and ask it questions. It's this right. foreign object that's too too hard. And I think what we've done over the last 12 weeks is say it really isn't that you can actually give a, a brief synopsis in 30 minutes of the whole book. Now, if people think, hey, you know, I've, I've read the whole Bible. Now you haven't. <laughs> you, <Right. laughs> you've, you've heard a brief synopsis sure. of, you know, 12 sections that, you know, bring the Bible into 12, 30 yeah. minute sermons. And I, I think, I think like the most important part that you have to realize whenever it comes to this too, is that we're not actually trying to explain the entire book of Revelations in a half hour, so much as we're trying to give it a brief overview to the point where you want to go read your Bible and pick up Revelations and sure. dive yeah. way deeper. Sure. And we've heard that. that. That's been like, yeah. hey, thanks for that. Cause I never understood 
that, and when that unlocked that, I started reading the other things, and they started making sense. And yeah. man, say that to somebody who's teaching. Right. That's payday. You know? Yeah, the the sermon is kind of like the Chinese lady standing in front of the the Chinese restaurant at at the mall saying free sample for example the sermon is the free sample and i can't tell you how many times i've gotten food at chinese restaurants because of the free sample lady so you're supposed to that's kind of the introduction to the book and then it's supposed to make people want to read the sermon we should have named this instead of god's plan we should have named the chinese lady with two or just free sample free sample free sample sample. yeah that would have been great uh what do you think of afterwards maybe next summer we'll we'll put it online Um, that way so my, my my prayer on sunday was even though it was the book of revelation praying that uh, just like you always pray that the Holy Spirit would preach a thousand different yeah. sermons because there's going to be people that are coming in here that haven't been to our church ever yeah. and they're hearing about the mark of the beast and 666. And yeah. just curious what your reaction was from the congregation, from people in the guest room. Uh, yeah, was it I, a sermon that people that maybe aren't normally here got something out of, or do you think it was? Yeah, for- well, I think I think what wrapped it up, you know, it's it's like you're saying it's winged beasts with eyes in their armpits flying around screaming, and yeah. and that's you know that's kind of Spielbergy. But I think the last five, six, seven minutes of it was talking about Revelations 21, where God Himself wipes every tear from our yeah. eyes, and I, you know, it, in the end, no matter what we teach, it all has to point to Jesus. So right. that, that's what that was. In the end, we just pointed to Jesus and said, "Man, it's mm-hmm. you know, this isn't a, a prophetic book. You know, this isn't a plagues book. This isn't. I mean, it has those things in it, but really, this this is a Jesus book. It all is. The whole Bible is a Jesus book. So, by in the end, saying, "Listen, you know, we can get through this. Just don't let go. You know, if you don't know Him, you need to grab onto Him. This sure. is who He is. This is where He is. This is how to grab onto Him." So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think in the end it was fruitful ministry, and that's what we got from the from the uh, the, the, the guest room afterwards was people saying, you know, it's my first time here, and I said, oh man, well, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't come on tithing Sunday, like yeah, you had to come on Revelation Sunday. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but they were they're like, man, thanks so much, and I think part of it too is they said the transparency. I had two people say that. Sure. Uh, thanks for saying. You know, life is painful and crying a little bit. I'm like, oh, I, I did that theatrically just for you. You know, it's like, no, it, it hurts. Life mm-hmm. life is a painful thing, and and then you die. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're talking about preaching a thousand sermons, and um, one of my favorite things that you brought up yesterday was uh, talking about the, the Pharisees, and you started saying that whenever Jesus came, they didn't know what to expect. And so all yeah. of a sudden, when Jesus was coming, they were looking their Savior in their eyes uh, because they had a different picture in their mind of who Jesus was that right. uh, they weren't almost ready for this at all. And I feel like a lot of times we give Pharisees almost a bad rap when they dedicated their entire life to yeah. knowing the Torah, you know, to knowing the, yeah. the Old Testament. And, uh, and just talking about the future and how whenever the future is coming, Revelation, whenever all of that's coming, that you're, we, we might have a definition in our mind of what we believe is going to be there when it could be something entirely different. Yeah, but the sure. Bible always has it laid out for us, you know? Yeah. And I think the hard part is we talked about the dots. Like, the dots have been connected yeah. for us by Jack yeah. Van Impey. And right. what's that, you know, Thief in the Night movie and the yeah. Tim mm-hmm. LaHaye does the... Right. You know, there's so so much drama involved in this. I mean, no one does a you know a movie on Ezekiel. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no one writes a novel about Isaiah. It's it really sure. is always left behind. Yeah, that right. series. Yeah, yeah. Right. That yeah. movie terrified me as a child. I, yeah. That was my version of what you're talking about. Yeah. That was uh, what was his name? Uh, yeah, Tim Cameron. Lane. Nope, no, no, no. no the I, guy. I know you're talking about Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron yeah. left behind. Those movies terrified me as a child. I never and, saw him, and that's probably why I, I don't want. I, I think when you're looking forward through the dots of prophecy and trying to connect them to see what's next, um, sure. it, the explanation, the popular explanations that contradict each other are not helpful to me. I'd, I'd rather have my right. own, mm-hmm. you know, Holy Spirit, you wrote right. this, now teach me. And what's funny is if you take it piece by piece, if you get a timeline, you get out a dry erase board and a pen, 
you know, what are the significant events this describes? When do they happen? Put question marks next yeah. to the things you don't know. You know, put put you know dates or times or numbers of days next to the things that are specific. Yeah, and and see what you have. I think that's the best you can do. Sure. But I, I think I think honestly, one of the smartest things I said Sunday, and it's probably the most controversial. Carl's not here, so I have to create some controversy. <laughs> is is that pan tribulation theory? Some mm-hmm. people are like yep. no, no, it will be a pre tribulation rapture. Here's eighteen yeah, scriptures right. why. That's, no, it will be a post. Well, the, by saying that, why. you're disagreeing with like uh, the assemblies of God and what their belief. Is mm-hmm. in in the rapture, you know. Well, that's that's a controversial way of said. So, if anybody in the yeah. guys listening, yeah. <laughs> I I taught a a, a a plethora of popular theories. Yep. Right. Where I, I actually said in the second service, mm-hmm. I I lean towards a pre or mid. I, I don't lean towards a post uh, tribulation rapture. But uh-huh. then you've got you know people that say I see it clearly in scripture. Here it is, right here. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but well, I can explain well, you, that away. You, know? you explained too that the first time you were taught the Book of Revelation, you kind of learned your doctrine and since then no matter what anybody tells you you just kind of go back to that first teaching yeah. on the book of revelation it's hard mm-hmm. to change your mind about something once you've already kind of come to conclusions right. in your mm-hmm. in your brain you know, one of the advantages i had is i i wasn't taught the bible i went to a concert i got saved someone uh in a MEP station a 90 year old man who was a gideon handed me mm-hmm. a, a gideon new testament yeah, with psalms and proverbs it was od green i could take it with me in the field and i read it in foxholes and jeeps and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I and I not having a teacher to teach you, you do you do form different opinions. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when it came time to be taught, I said, Hi, I never saw it that way. That guy's right, or I hey, I I think that guy's wrong. I already had my own you know, Paul was uh you know, saw Jesus converted, was filled mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit, was baptized, and then for like what, three, three and a half years he's on the backside of the Arabian desert as he receives the revelation of the gospel from Jesus, he says, personally, you know, and then comes yeah. back as an apostle, <clears throat> back to Antioch and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think I, I don't think I had that same experience, but it was nice being an atheist, being born again, then reading the Bible, and then being taught. Like, there's right. some advantages to that, because <clears throat> I, I wasn't raised to believe that miracles had ceased or or, or existed. You know I, mean? I, was, I wasn't raised <laughs> yeah. to believe. No one taught me. So I think one of the problems is I was... We're, we're indoctrinated when we should be educated. Education mm-hmm. teaches you how to think. Indoctrination teaches you what to think. Right. And, and Christianity is so segmented right now because of indoctrination. And really, the reason there's any denomination or fellowship or independent church is because we really do believe we have something better or superior to everybody else, or we right. wouldn't be a, mm-hmm. a Baptist and a Somebody of God, a Catholic. Yeah. So it, it hasn't helped us, really. I mean, we, we need teachers. But unfortunately, sometimes teachers teach you what to think when we really should be teaching people how to think. And specifically, it comes up during Revelation, because if I say, listen, this is what you should do, and this is when he is coming back, and this is... And we have, we have prophetically right. gifted teachers that have done that, and, you know, everybody goes to the conference and comes back, and they're, you know... We've, we literally had a group of people wanting to leave the church at one point because they went to a conference that said it's a post-tribulation rapture, and if your church doesn't teach that... Then they're they're not teaching the Bible. Oh, you you can't say that. Yeah. That's right. not. So right. I had to, I had to take like weeks talking about Revelation with yeah, people. I remember that. Yeah, you know? and I, I remember doing that too. That there were certain things that came out that I was like, "How are you finding that to be biblical at all?" Like they were saying, uh, like Kansas City is going to be a safe zone, and if you're a Christian, you need to get to Kansas City because yeah, the bubble. And yeah. They, yeah, and then they start bringing up Old Testament philosophy, like how during the yeah. Egyptian, you know, like the ten cities of refuge. And, yeah, 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 that that, that yeah. Kansas City was going to be a city of refuge, and everyone needs to get to Kansas City or yeah. Toronto. <laughs> we're going to be the cities and, of refuge. And, and now like, that you say that, now we've made it specific. So let me back off the specific part and just say they're not the only ones yeah. that, that would have done this. So that, that isn't to sure. bring any shame on yeah. reputable you know, ministries that do great things. But, but I think the error there is an indoctrination of, 
you know, God spoke to me and said this is not the yeah. same thing as God spoke to Ezekiel and said that. So right. when, you, when you get a teacher who teaches the scriptures and teaches you how to think, that's a good thing. When you get a prophetic yeah. teacher, he goes, I've connected these 18 dots. This is the picture. This is what God told me. It's like, I, I get it, but... But what about the guy next to you who's also a prophetic teacher that contradicts what you're teaching? Right. So you're you're indoctrinating me. Teach yeah, me yeah. teach me how to get what you got in your teacher. Well, and I think that's you said it best on Sunday. It's just don't worry about it. Just be ready. No matter if if God comes back today and it's a pre tribulation rapture, be ready. Or yeah. if you're in the entire tribulation and it's a post tribulation, yeah. be ready. Or if the Lord never returns in your lifetime. Be yeah. ready. Just always be ready. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter. Every generation from from the apostles on is sure. believed that well, they're, the apostles, they are the last they, generation. They thought that they saw everything that was going to be happening, and they thought that Jesus was going to return before they died. And yeah. here we are 2,000 years later, and yeah. we're still we're Interesting still Interesting story you know? that you know, people have criticized and say, well, the Gospels weren't written until many years after you know, Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, therefore they're yeah. not reliable. It's like, no, it, it actually validates the message. They didn't write it down because it was oral. They, they were just, right. they're going from town to town, sharing the story and trusting the reliable men. And then it came time like, hey, this might not happen in our lifetime. We better write this down. So right. it's not just oral. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like the Bible was not written to be the Bible. It was written because, you know, it was it was the gospel and, and they wanted the firsthand accounts to be known throughout however many generations were to come. So yeah. it really is a, you know, people go, I don't believe the Bible because it's written, you know, it was written until 70 AD. Mm-hmm. It's like, stop, you're, you're, you're unmasking your stupidity. Like, like yeah. back <laughs> off of that and, and think before you talk, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I want to go back to what you were talking about, the Pharisees and, um, them see them them seeing all the, the prophecy and then seeing Jesus and saying, you're the devil. Yeah. Um, do you think that what they were looking for was basically just a more perfect version of what they saw themselves? Like what when the mm. Pharisees were thinking of a savior, was it just a nicer, better version of what they were trying to be themselves? You know, I think oftentimes um, we do that today, and so that yeah, would make sense what, for them to that's do kind it. Of, like, I was kind of yeah. You know, whenever that. you think about you know who God is, well, you think if it, well, I wouldn't do that, so why would God do that? And you almost put yourself in the the whole. Um, you, you, you depict a better version of yourself consistently because you think you are the best version of you almost. And so you picture a God that looks exactly like you. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you want to or not, I think that's a really strong consistency amongst people. Or they hear God as a father, and so they start picturing God as what their dad was, you know? Which in your case is perfect, but other people... <laughs> yeah. But for a lot and, of other people, it could humble. be... Yeah, it could be, you know, like like God's... I remember one time I was sitting in middle school and, and someone told me that, that God is a fat pig sitting on a throne waiting to destroy my life. Mm-hmm. And I think I think um, people just kind of put God into whatever it is. Like like if they're an angry person, they're gonna make God an angry God. And if they're a nice person, they're gonna make God a nice well, person. I bet you that guy's old man is Archie Bunker sitting on a chair, exactly, with the beer in his exactly. hand. Exactly. You know, yeah. he, he says, "Your father." Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> if you look at the history of the Pharisees, they they started really well. Right. Like mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, it false. wasn't always a bad thing to yeah. hear the word Pharisee. <laughs> I think I think when things are born in fire, they're pure. When when things you know, three, four, five generations, in this case, almost 400 years since the Maccabean revolt and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And now here comes the Messiah. It has become political. And you see that yeah. the, their major objections to Jesus and the, and the reason for them conspiring to crucify him was he's going to upset the balance of power that we have. He's mm-hmm. going to, they're going to tear down the temple. This guy keeps talking like this. Yeah. They're going to take away our mind. You know, sure. they weren't concerned about Jesus or the people they were concerned about themselves. And, and as things become bureaucratic, as things become political, I mean, when we started the, the United States of America, right, the politicians were people signing a piece of paper and they were dedicating their, their life, their honor, right. their, you know what I mean? Well, 
I, there may be, and I'll just ask the, the the listener to conclude, you know, for themselves. There may be some difference between the founding fathers and a modern day politician. Well, what yeah. what happened was they were revolutionaries, who who wanted to to be free. And maybe now today there's more of a bent towards my party has to be in power so we can get my you know the agenda done of our party, and sure. mm-hmm. it's all divided. So same thing if Jesus showed up today and and came to the Republican Democratic Green Party yeah. you know Libertarian Convention and began to say the things. They, they would want to throw them off the platform, just just like the Pharisees. Yeah. And for the same reason, you are well, upsetting think, our, our power. I think a lot of us might want to, too, because I think if Jesus were around today, I think you'd see him in gay bars, and you'd mm-hmm. see him in nightclubs, and you'd mm-hmm. see him hanging out with rappers. Yeah, and, prostitutes and, and, yeah, uh, and know, the people he hung out with then. Sure, yeah. yeah, and I think that that would just be... That'd be really interesting, I think, for some of us. But remember, of, the reason he's there is to save people that are lost. Right, right, right. right. And that's why I, I want to make that clear. Because but I'm, like, saying, okay, I'm saying in a social media world, people yeah. are taking pictures and it's, oh, Jesus is at a gay bar. What is he doing there? You know, and yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. I just think sometimes we don't put ourselves in those places because we're afraid of how it would look right. when he doesn't do that. You yeah, know? sure. It's always, it's all, he's always after the person's heart. Anybody that's away from them. the Father, Jesus is going to go toward. I mean, he came to seek yeah. and to save stuff and I tr- lost. I try to remind myself of that when I pull up a YouTube video and see that Joel Houston was in a nightclub in Los Angeles and just trying to think, or like, you know, just like these big prominent yeah. people that are in Christian ministry that I look up to. I would, I'm, I see them in situations like that, and I just think, like, I think Jesus would be doing similar things yeah. to what they're they're doing, and I just hope that their <clears throat> motives are as pure as his are. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, all right. Um, I think. Is there anything? I, anything else that you want to say about the Book of Revelation before we no, before we move on? I mean, read it, read it, read it, read it. Yeah. I, I'd break it up probably if you're going to read it into three or four sections. There's the first three chapters where it's specific messages to specific churches, but. I found myself in those three churches many, many times. You know yep. what I mean? I, if you get stuck on some sort of symbolism, what do the seven lampstands represent? What's the sevenfold spirit? Just, <laughs> you know, you can study that out if you want right. to, but just remember God's, there, there's a context. God is speaking to a specific people at a specific time. We're observing that conversation. So like if, if I was, you know, talking to you and Lauren about uh, your marriage, for example, other married couples could listen to that and benefit if you know if they knew what to listen for what applied to them yeah. but but not all of it applies to every person mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's it's you can't so he told him to do this so i have to do this it's like just there's a specific context for this conversation remember yeah. that and then move beyond that to the the seals the bulls and and the trumpets that'll freak you out right remember always read the end of revelation don't just read the you know the beginning or yeah. the middle um and and for for me too um just as we were going talking about the whole tribulation thing, you know, pre-mid, post, pan, whatever. Um, for me, it was very freeing once I realized that I don't have to understand all of this. Yeah, I don't have point. to know every answer. Yeah. I don't have to. God's got it. Yep. Like, and so I can form opinions. That, but that, that makes me think of somebody like J.P. Dorsey, who I feel like that would drive nuts. Exactly. Just say, yeah. like, <laughs> that's okay. I don't know any of it, you yeah. know. But, but I think for people with maybe our personalities, it's like, no, it's okay. Yeah. I don't for, I don't care. I don't need yeah. to know. For me personally, I enjoy way more talking about issues of the heart, and I enjoy way more talking about, you know, leading people to Christ and all that different stuff. And uh, and I'd rather invest my time into that. And so it's not like I don't so know the debating, book of Revelations. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, but but for me, it's very freeing once I realize I don't have to have every answer of Revelations, and I can mm-hmm. still work on what's happening now and what's happening today, yeah. understand yeah. that God has a purpose for me today, and that as long as I can accomplish that purpose, he has the future in control and I don't have to have it in control. Sure. One of my favorite prayers I've had recently is thank you God for being God so that way I don't have to be. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think one of the things that's just exciting is 
it happens in my lifetime doesn't happen in my lifetime. It's going to be exciting to, to see those prophecies fulfilled and look back at Scripture and say, oh, so yeah. that's what that meant. Yeah, like, exactly. That was literal. Oh, that wasn't literal at all. Like that yeah. was an yeah. atomic bomb explosion or something like yeah. that. You know, it'd well, be you, cool you to... see Jesus coming on a white horse with red eyes and hair like snow and a sword yeah. coming out of his mouth. You won't go, huh, I wonder who that is. But other people say, well, that's symbolic of the church, you know, and, and sure. holiness. And right. Or you even said on Sunday, and... like the sword coming out is like his words, not like yeah. a literal sword coming out. Yeah. Or it could be a literal sword coming out. You know, out the one that mouth. I think is most interesting is there's when the something hits the the earth it opens up what they calls the abyss and there's critters that come out that and they've got uh, a face um like a locust it's got a crown on its head as a tail like a scorpion yep i know exactly and, where you're going with yeah, this yeah and and it stings the people of the earth and uh it gives them like like blisters and sores it's horribly painful and i as soon as that first time i read that it sounds like galloping horses now listener hear me it sounds like galloping horses mm-hmm. it has the face that looks like you're looking into a grasshopper so large dark Brown Big eyes. eyes. Mm-hmm. It, there's this what look, appears to be a crown. So it doesn't say there's a crown. It appears to be a crown. I mean, I literally saw a helicopter. It has yeah. a tail yeah. like a scorpion. Mm-hmm. And, right. and because I was trained in, in nuclear, biological, chemical warfare, mm-hmm. there's that there's that sense of, of that's that's a nerve agent. Like they're they're throwing nerve agent on people out of the, yeah. out of the back of a UH-1. And you have to think that the person writing this is writing this 2,000 years ago and has never seen machinery before in their entire life. But it so, has the sound, right? Galloping it has the sound, horses, yeah. has the eyes, has the tail, has the, like, yeah. huh, this sounds a lot. And I'm not saying that's what it is, but again, if we're thinking figurative language, either something hits the earth, right. literally an abyss opens up and critters come out, or he, he sees these things and he records them. And, and again, you're looking through dots uh, to try to form some sort of cohesive picture. Yeah. But... I, I still think that that's what that is. I think my, it's warfare. My money's not at being neither of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I don't want to get too far into this, but uh, just curious, your guys' thoughts. The series is over now. How do you think the summer, the whole summer series of God's plan went? Let's start with I, JD. And then, yeah, go ahead, JD. Yeah, are we talking about me personally when it comes to oh, like my just our growth, congregation? We... Like, what do you think? How do you think our congregation reacted to it? Um, you know, honestly, the most exciting part to me was uh, that this entire summer um, we had live stream up and running, and uh, and um, oftentimes I feel like over the summer we can have a disconnect between us and the and the congregation because yeah. they you know they leave, they go to their vacation homes, they go do all these different things, um, and to see that the Freedom Center was still able to stay connected with each other across you know the world, I guess that was something that was really exciting to me that we haven't been able to do over the course of however long the Freedom Center has existed. And so there was a unity that came along with this summer that even though, um, you know, like our numbers may have down in the main auditorium, our numbers on live stream was crazy. And we were still able to keep that unity going together right. through the Freedom Center. So that's... And actually numbers are, are strong for the summer. Yeah, yeah our numbers were yep. strong. So it, it isn't like, you know, 300 people went up north and just said, this is our new church. Yeah. They really stayed strong. And I think part of that yeah. is live stream as well because they stayed connected. So exactly. They knew exactly. it was coming and they knew they missed it because they got to see it and knew that they weren't a part of yeah. it. So. Yeah, and I didn't mean to say their numbers are down. I just meant summer numbers. They're, yeah, they're, summer they're, numbers, they're a yeah. thing whenever you're at church, they're summer numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor Jim, your, yeah, your thoughts I, I on think, the series? I, you know, it's, it's uh, you're talking to a chef and saying, well, how do you think the meal went? And what it was was 12 crackers. With, yeah. with really rich ingredients right. on it. Or free samples. I, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's not... So it, it it's satisfying to know that it was it was quite a task and that uh, Pastor Carl, you know, knocked it out of the park sure. half a dozen times and, you know, all that yep. kind of stuff. I So that was... I think it was good for us. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's unsatisfying if in the end they said, I heard a sermon, I went home, versus I heard a sermon, a teaching that made me want to know more. If, yeah. 
and I don't know the result. I mean, I've heard people say, I read that further on that. Hey, you just you touched on this. What do you mean by that? Um, I had a lengthy conversation with somebody Sunday that just wanted to know more about one comment that was made about Adam and Eve, and she put her faith in something God had never said, and that mm-hmm. led to the fall, and we have to be mm-hmm. careful not to put our faith in the yeah. you know, arch interpretation of prophecy, and he wanted to know more about that. And I'm, I'm right. watching lights come on, you know, yep. so I think, but that's more of the... <clears throat> a thousand sermons, you know. Yeah. I'm just getting really emotional <laughs> like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> did you, um, just from the series and hearing comments, did you maybe get any thoughts or ideas for, like, series that you want to do in the future? Because it was like, wow, a lot of people had questions about this. It's yeah, okay you, you know, we, you we were primarily for the last 50-some years have been a topical sermon place. Yeah. Our, our sermons are, you know, seven reasons why, three pillars of, right. you know, it's marriage, it's finances, it's prayer, it's, you know what I mean? So yeah. to, we're, we're, we're an inspirational place because we're trying to reach people that, that know almost nothing of Scripture or what they do know has been used abusively in their, in their, mm-hmm. in their lives. So we, we don't tap dance around truth, but we present it in analogy form, kind of like Jesus said when he taught people that were either going to be easily offended or completely ignorant, he used parables so that... You know, they'd remember the story to give them time to think about it. So we do the same thing with topical sermons. So to have a um, an exegetical summer where you're going, you know, verse by verse and, you know, uh, season by season, I, I think that was a challenge maybe for our, our our less mature people, and yet it was good. You know what I mean? So I, I'm satisfied with, with what happened. Yeah. Um, but if I ever get satisfied because, hey, that's a Roman great, what's next? I think something's wrong. Like, I'm... I'm satisfied that a seed's planted. I'm not satisfied that a harvest has come. Right, so. yeah. Um, for me, one of my favorite things, too, that we did at the beginning of the series was we introduced new speakers from around the U.S. Yep. And I can still remember um, certain things that, like, Pastor Jordan was talking about. Um, one of my favorite things that he brought up was he uh, he was talking about the, the shield of faith, and he was talking about pulling on the full armor of God. And uh, and he was like, you know, you can swing your shield around. He's like, I have faith that God's going to do this, and I have faith that God's going to do this. And you just keep fighting off all the fiery darts of the devil and everything like that. And he's like, but as soon as you pick up your sword and you actually, like, get a chance to fight back, do it. Like, um, I think that's one of the things that we did with this series, too, is we just gave people a taste of what it is they could experience in the Bible if they read it. And when Pastor Jordan set that up, I think that could have set up a lot of people for success um, to say, I, I, I've been holding on to the shield of faith in God for so long that I think it's time for me to finally fight back. Yeah. And I understand that it's God's I plan. his line was, we're, we're really good at taking a beating. Yeah, yeah. yeah the church is really good at taking a beating. We're supposed yeah, to be right. laying out some legs of our own. Exactly. Right. We can have this this shield of faith up consistently. God's going to do these miraculous things. He's going to pull us through these things and all different stuff. But as soon as you pick up that sword and you're able to fight back, that's where like your power really comes from. Uh, one one cool little story before we, we talk about next week. Uh, Pastor Carl actually texted me on, I believe it was yesterday, so Monday night, and said that um, he had a guy message him on Facebook. They have no mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Um, he just sent him a message saying, hey, I really want to talk to you about faith. Mm-hmm. And the guy, and so Carl responded and said, do I know you? And he said, no, I just saw you preaching on a live stream and uh, I just had some questions that I wanted to ask you. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool that we, uh, yeah. we have, we're, we're, as we're being faithful with, with what God's giving us, he's giving us a, a larger reach yeah. nationally, globally. And I thought yeah. that, that was just a really cool, um, zero connection with the guy at all. Somehow he just got a hold of him and said, like, I want to ask you questions about Jesus. Yeah, and there's pretty the, awesome. Even more testimonies about live stream. Um, I, I share the link every single week because it's just something that I've naturally started doing now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, I used to work 
<laughs> somewhere. I don't. I don't want to give specifics, but I used to work somewhere <laughs> with a, a lot of in China. Uh, yeah, there we go. So missionary in China. Missionary <laughs> China. China. No, that too. <laughs> no, there was there was a place that I used to receive a paycheck from that I thought was an amazing place. And a lot of times I would invite the people who worked there to come to the Freedom Center. Mm-hmm. And you know, you get you get the usual responses. I mean, I don't, don't really want to go, or you know, like I, it sounds good. You know, you guys do great things, blah blah blah. Um, and after I started sharing the the live stream, I would actually get questions, and I would see people liking the link that I worked with. And uh, I was just in there yesterday. Uh, to just go in there and pick up a check for an event that we had done. And I walked in and two of the girls pulled me off and said, hey, just want to let you know, I think this Sunday we're going to be coming to the Freedom Ooh. Center because uh, because we saw your, your live stream. Like, we really enjoy it. We want to, we need to see what it's about. Yeah. And then Pastor Carl's family too, that's another testimony of live stream that uh, they're, they're, they're not consistently going to church anywhere and now they're actively watching our live stream so that they can keep yeah. up with, you know, him, what he's doing in the Freedom Center and what we're sure. doing. And it's really, really cool. That's what I mean by the connect the connectivity of of the freedom center like we're we're so much more connected with live stream now and even our family members that don't go to church anywhere are beginning to experience an amazing amount of god so yeah. if i could share this last thing yep. one of the things we're doing because we are having people responding not not just hey like the sermon but hey gave my life to christ now what yeah so we, we're beginning uh next week to record 10 videos yep that are about 10 minutes in length each that yeah. answer those questions, what's next, yep. mm-hmm. how to find a church, how to read my Bible. So yeah. we'll there's gonna be a legitimate uh, discipleship, the beginnings of discipleship path for people who raise their little hand emoji, you know, and say, <laughs> I gave my life to Christ today, yeah. and, but I live in Guam, what do I do next? Yep. So, uh, and the other thing we're working on is, is legitimate path to training clergy uh, that, are, that are gonna be remote, um, if you will, leaders, pastors of the Freedom Center that will you know go through this process. We'll get to know them. We will give them some sort of uh, you know provisional credential, mm-hmm. and uh, from anywhere in the world that has the internet, we're going to be training clergy that will then be using the broadcast, right. the you know the live stream to yeah, uh, yeah to, to reach their neighbors. And we're we've already begun some prototypes of this, uh-huh. and it's interesting. It's it's a it's almost magic. You press the button and the whole world sees it. It's it's really cool. And we're not doing anything different. Nope. Mm-hmm. We're just sharing it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is exciting. <laughs> it's that you you don't you're not changing. You're never changing the message of Jesus, but you are changing the Good. ways in people yeah. that, that they receive Jesus. Because yeah. as time shifts, yeah. we need to shift with them. Yeah, you know, we're we're the first generation that has the ability to create a global community. And yeah. if if Christians are on the forefront of creating that global community, then we might get left in the dust in some areas. And yeah. so, creating stuff like this and making it very fingertip worthy on my cell phone worthy you know that's really the way that we're going to be able to make sure that we can still keep god uh, mm -hmm. in the forefront of everything and what's neat about it to me is that the 75 year old guy that walks in with his giant paper bible is having an experience with god Mm -hmm. in in our presence Mm -hmm. the guy that's listening to it on the radio station in lexington kentucky driving to work every every morning hearing this the message having an experience the guy that's in the college dorm the prison cell or wherever the internet is you know what i mean is the some places like in in Eastern Europe, right, that are like, uh, you know, yeah. where the, the rollies are. I mean, we're, yeah, Kazakhstan. I yeah, think. getting up at three o'clock yeah. in the morning in Hawaii, in Hawaii. because they yeah. used to attend church here, and this is their church. So they get up mm. at three a.m. and listen to it. They want to yep. be a part of the, you know, ongoing. It's just, it's shocking how how far, you know, the, of a reach. And and we're not again, we're doing the we're doing something for that seventy five year old man that happens to also be translatable into other things. So it's, yeah. it's we're, exciting. You know, the, the reach of the Freedom Center, you know, thousands of people, you know, on uh, on Sunday morning in the summertime. And then, but then people that are watching it with us, Josh, equal that or more? Oh, yeah, more than that. I would say that 
um, and not to make this a podcast about live stream by any means, but um, our numbers have dropped a little bit on live stream, but the amount of time that people have spent watching it has gone up quite a bit. Yeah. So um, less people, but more quality people that are going to be there every week. They're starting to develop relationship with our moderators. They're praying for each other. We're starting to develop a legitimate online community mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. Um, and it kind of is becoming people's churches that right. are f- too far away or they're sick and they can't come here. Like there's people that just had a baby stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. There's people that their, their church every Sunday now so is our you live know, stream. If anybody's got any ideas, you know, put in the comment section or this because uh-huh. you know, virtual life groups and like I say, global communities, mm-hmm. how cool would it be to be in a life group with people that are in the mission field in Europe and Africa sure. and you know what I mean? Yeah. Or they're just, they're just expats that live around the world and they yeah. miss, you know, they live in Paris and there's, there's well, and it like, gives hard people to have a good like church, our missionaries, know? Pastor Caleb and Corey and uh, Alex and Kristen, yeah. like it gives them mm-hmm. an opportunity to still stay connected to our church, yeah. even though they're thousands of miles away and they can be encouraged by what they're seeing back yeah. home. It gives them a little taste of hope. Like this would have been great, you know, like when Alicia was in Romania, like this would have been a great like tool for her to utilize, yeah. Yep. you know? So it's, yeah. it's just really cool. All right. Uh, just real quick, 30-second preview for Sunday. It's, yeah. It's the educator school, Educator Sunday. Yeah, educator Sunday. What can I, you expect? It's Well, the first thing you can expect is someone who's lived long enough to, to actually like teachers again. You know what I mean? I, I like my <laughs> kindergarten teacher. We had a falling out in third grade that lasted throughout the rest of my academic career. But I, I you know, I, I guess I'll say it this way. If, you know, name 10 speeches, 10 sermons, 10, you, you know, that have changed your life. And you can't. Yeah. Name 10 people that have changed your life. I bet you just about everybody has a teacher on that list. Yep. There's an incredible uh, gift that God gives to people to make them teachers. I don't think anybody's in it for the money and the fame. No. So you wanted to be a teacher because you wanted to be a teacher. You, you are a teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. So encouraging them in a world that they're not allowed to discipline the kids, they're not allowed to be right, they have to be, everybody else has sure. to be right, they have to be wrong. They work incredibly hard. They're just getting back to work this yeah. morning. They've been driving It's becoming here. more and more dangerous as we see more yeah, and more. Right. Yeah, on the school shootings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I really, from a, from, <clears throat> from a deep part of appreciation, going to talk from scripture to our educators and our community about educators in a way that hopefully just lifts them up and honors them and makes yeah. them know that they're loved you know yep. know that they're loved they're appreciated go get them this year we, we're proud of you we're yeah. behind you if our kid smarts off spank them and we'll we'll back you you know that, yeah. kind, of, that kind of stuff yeah. So, yeah awesome all right well thanks guys i really enjoyed this podcast uh if you're looking for a place to go to church i think this sunday will be really exciting 9 and 11 30 we're going to be honoring teachers Uh, We're expecting a lot of teachers. If you are a teacher, we would love to have you on Sunday. Uh, It's going to be awesome. You will be receiving something to just kind of encourage you for the year. Um, and just, yeah, we're going to pray we for you and like bless you. Five, six, seven thousand dollars worth of school supplies yep, that we're going to yep, put in teachers' yep, hands. Yeah. So they can put them in the hands of the students. We're going to be honoring you well. So yes, if you could come, yeah. that would be awesome. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, JD, Pastor Jim, thanks for being on this week's yeah, episode. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, Here's the God's Plan music one last time. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs>